Good morning, everybody. What's up? This is Van. Likes, follows, and retweets. Thank you very much for tuning in again. I am at work inside of my buggy riding around, just looking at some of the tanks on the installation. It's a beautiful day. I'm feeling great. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of stuff going, around, going on around the world that got me uh, feeling some type of way. Of course, one of the things, one of the main things being... Um, Nipsey Hussle, the 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 rapper Nipsey Hussle, um, passing away um, from gun violence. We don't know why. We don't know who. Um, we don't know exactly what went down. But there's a whole bunch of rumblings out there as to what happened. But I'm here to talk about it. Um, and it's, it's a few things I got from it as well. I don't know if you have. Um, I'm tired of all of the infighting and whatnot that goes on on the internet. Oh, y'all ain't even know him. Why y'all putting this all out? You don't even listen to his music. Why y'all keep faking like y'all y'all upset or sad because he passed away? He was a gangster too. He did some dirty stuff too. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? I ain't going to take no credence away from you for saying that, those people who were saying that. Some people just don't like when others um, show love, period. Some people just don't like or you got to prove it to people as to why you belong in the whole, um, in, in the circle that's, that's showing some type of affection for somebody who passed away or showing some type of love for the family that's left behind. I don't know why you got to prove yourself to those people, but that's not to say that they don't have, they don't make um, valid points. Thing is, those valid points are pointless and useless. Like, how do they help? What exactly are you trying to say to these people who feel some type of way from losing such a powerful young man who was also a rapper at such a young age. 33 years old is young. 33 years old is extremely young when you have children who one day want you to see them have children of them um, of their own or just want to be able to take care of you one day um, the same way you take care of them. I don't see why there are people in the world who want to step on other people's toes for showing some compassion toward the dead and toward the living that's left behind that was tied to that person. I really don't understand that. Please break that down to me. Anybody break that down to me because, I mean, I like I said before, I see why they would say something like that. Nobody likes a dick rider. Nobody likes anybody that's fake. I get that 100%. But why would you feel some type of way like you going to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and you see all these acknowledgments of, you know, people publicly saying, you know, uh they killed the king or they killed the leader or, you know, one of the realest ones have been taken away from us. 
and you feel sad or you feel angry, upset, your emotions are going all over the place in the opposite direction of the person who's posting that simply because you're seeing too much of it. My question to you, the people who are posting that is exactly what do you want to see? Do you want to see the day in, day out foolishness that you would ordinarily see on Facebook? Do you want to see some stay woke posts? Do you want to see some, you know, nigga this, nigga that or crack it is, crack it at posts? You want to see some ass twerking posts? You want to see some jokes, some memes? What exactly do you want to see? That will make you feel better because obviously you're going through something yourself. That's how I look at it. Everybody is going through something. Maybe this was a trigger. Maybe you lost somebody that was close to you that meant something to you and you're still going through it. And to see people publicly acknowledging, acknowledging this dude that they've never met. They don't listen to his music, never been to his concert. Never read any of his interviews like the one on Forbes. That was awesome. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. You see these things and this just sets you or it takes you to another place. And rather than join the pity party, so to speak, quote unquote pity party. You just say, you know what? I'm going to check these fools for even... Even being as soft as they're being or being as emotional as they're being because it makes no sense to me. Because when I was going through something, nobody say nothing. When my mother passed, when my father passed, when my cousin was going through this, when he got shot and this, that, and other, ain't nobody say nothing. But now, all of a sudden, Nipsey Hussle passed away. And everybody want to be on the bandwagon talking about R.I.P., 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 Nah, nigga, I ain't letting that one slide this time. I'm going to let y'all know that y'all fake for doing that. Now, I want y'all to understand, all the people who are listening, the few people who tune in, I appreciate y'all again. That although I understand, and you can understand too, or at least try to understand, because conversations can be had without there being an argument. Try to understand people's positions without agreeing. Or a matter of fact, try to understand before deciding whether or not you're going to agree. Because that's an issue that we have in any conversation. I heard these two podcasters, these bloggers I know, real cool people. They live out in Pittsburgh. Married couple. Delmisha and Ive Richards. They got an awesome YouTube channel called The Richards Revealed. The Richards Revealed. Check it out. And they was talking about whether or not people come into conversations, like when they have conversations, are they listening to respond or are they actually listening to have a good conversation? Are they trying to learn something or are they trying to teach something? Does it even matter that I'm running my mouth for 45 minutes? Are you just waiting so that you can rebuttal? So you can rebu rebut everything I'm saying? Because you already think about your comeback line, man. I hear you. You're making a whole rack of valid points. You know, you got Stephen A.M. I don't know if y'all listen to sports um, shows or watch sports shows. But Stephen A. does that masterfully. 
The dude will understand that you have a point, but he can give a goddamn about your point. But what he will do before he goes into his point, he'll acknowledge your point. He'll point out all these different things about your life or the person's life that you're you're talking about and say how close to him he is, how close to them he is, how 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 many different memories he have with these people. Um, how much he respect those people that he's about to disrespect with the commentary that's coming next. He'll give you all these things just to lead up to the whole fact that I wasn't listening to you the entire time. I care less what you was talking about the entire time because I'm emphatically against every single thing that person stand for and everything and everything you're trying to act like they're worthy of discussing. No. No and no. And some people look that look at that as great communication. That's absolutely horrible communication. So that's why I say I understand the people for saying those things, because everybody go through something. It's just timing is horrible. When people are dealing with death. Like how insensitive are we? That we don't even want to hear anybody mourn for anybody. Oh, goddamn, here they go again. Somebody else passed. Uh, already know in the morning, I'm going to see a whole bunch of RIP. And I can't wait to tell them how full of shit they are. I'm sorry. How full of sugar, honey, iced tea they are. Because that's my thing. That's what I say. Because I don't do a whole bunch of cussing. That's y'all. You heathens. You rat bastards that are going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man, but that dude touched a whole bunch of people, and I'm talking about Nipsey Hussle. He touched a whole bunch of people because although he started his life in a certain type of way to survive in Slauson, L.A., yeah, he took up arms, he joined gangs, he represented a side, a color, But I don't, I don't know if you understand something. The Black Panthers was a gang. Anytime you represent a team or you represent a side, anytime you represent a family, that's your gang. Not sure if you see it that way, but you should because that boy represented something, man. To the point that he started rapping at a really young age. A really young age. Swag crazy. Used to be compared to, I guess, from looks alone, to Snoop Dogg. Super cool cat. Ladies loved him. The guys respected him. Real skinny nigga that everybody respected. That is what I love because I'm a real skinny dude. And I demand nothing but respect. So I feel that 100%. But when he when he went into rapping and he got his deal, he didn't approach it like most rappers did. Like, oh, thank you for picking me. I get to make a I get to make a um get to make an album, and you can rob me as long as I'm as long as my face is out there, and you can take whatever you need and blah blah blah. Nah, no, Nipsey ain't rock like that. Nipsey came in the game like, I want all my money. Could you imagine? 
It's like a needle in a haystack to be able to get a record deal on a major label. That's something that all, well, most urban youth aspire to do. They want to be either in entertainment or be in sports. And I'm talking about professionally. They want to live their lives off of that. And this dude was presented with the opportunity to do it and would not sell his soul to do it. Then ended up owning all of his masters. Back in the day, it was only two people who owned all their masters. Three people. Before they got a whole lot of money, when they first started being in the game, and, and I'm talking about singing, they owned all their masters from jump. That was Ray Charles, James Brown, and Prince. That was it. Everybody else was getting raped by the industry. This youngin saw that, learned from it, and by way of example, by doing it himself, he was showing other young people how to do it. Letting them know that your gift is your own and you can make of it, you can make of it whatever you want to make of it. And I don't care what type of opportunities they're trying to give you. They are not giving it to you because they will be making some money themselves. They're using your gifts to make a rack of millions themselves. So if you're going to let them rape you, that's all on you. But I will advise against it. And he didn't just sit back and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to preach this. Like a lot of people do. They sit back and they preach something because that's way easier said than done. Like in his Forbes interview, when he was asked about that, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here because I'm not reading it. He said it's way easier said than done to operate like that because it takes discipline and, and it takes faith in yourself. Something that most of us don't have. Yeah, we can say I, I believe in myself and I this, that, but how many times we bet on ourselves? How many times we really put the whole bag on black? Black being us. That's something that he did. And he did it daily before making his first million. And then after making his millions, he continued to bet on himself. Now let's take it away from the selfish point. He didn't keep it to himself. While he was doing it, he was educating the black youth in his community and in other urban communities telling them just how to do it. Giving them the blueprint, as Jay-Z said, said. We look up to people like Jay-Z, Scarface, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent. You know, the people who reached the a billion. Diddy. We look up to people like that who actually hustled and reached Millions and hundreds of millions and a billion. We, we look up to people like that. But what we don't realize is that from the gate, from the door, from jump, they didn't operate like that. 
They was like, man, just let me in the door. However I can get in there and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to show you that I can get it, blah, 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 blah. But then after they got a little bit of influence, got some respect in the game, got their names out there in the streets that, nah, nigga, you need me. That's when they started to switch it up. Now, it's not about when you start switching it up. It's just the fact that you start switching it up or that you start betting on yourself at some point. And those guys did. And Nipsey mentioned them a few times, man. A few times. It was like, man, those was my influences. I looked up to them. Not exactly how they did everything, but when they started to know who they was and know, know what they was worth, the game couldn't tell them nothing. Like you look at them right now. Who runs 50 Cent but 50 Cent? Who runs Dr. Dre but Dr. Dre? Who runs Jay-Z but um, Jay-Z? Who runs Diddy but Diddy? Who runs Ice Cube in all the movies he's making? Nobody run any of them guys but them. And that's the same exact thing that Nipsey Hussle was doing and was trying to teach other people to do. And he was doing it masterfully. Not only that, he was following their blueprint, but he also was creating his own. I'm not sure if y'all knew about Bitcoin when people started investing into Bitcoin. But this dude was one of the first people investing into Bitcoin before it was even worth anything. Yeah, it went on a really high slope where it was worth something and then it went down. But the fact that he did his research and decided to do things in another way that could grow his money. That says a lot about that youngin. Kudos to him. Big props to him. So anybody that hates on uh, uh, accomplishments like that from a youngin who was self-taught, self-made, dude, they got to check themselves. They got to check them. They really need to check themselves. Either they was brought up by people who didn't believe in them and they allowed that to affect them in a major way. Or they just know a better way to do it. If they know a better way to do it, hey, share. Hey, share the wealth. Not the physical wealth. I don't need your money. I just need the blueprint. That's what you need to start telling people. No, I don't want you to have no parts in whatever I'm, I got going on. There's a show out called Billions. Have you watched Billions before? Really good show. Really good show. They got that redhead dude um, who's actually the billionaire that the show is about. This dude, the dude that come from the show um, Homeland. He was the... He was the uh, he was the military guy that the that the, the little crazy white lady was in love with <laughs> and took him away from her family. I mean, his family. But he's the main character in Billions. And he does everything his own way. But I'm not bringing that up for that. It's this little, small, petite girl in it who started working for him. And she was just a freaking genius. 
a genius. Oh, my gracious. But she didn't really like the way he was doing things. But he saw her gift. And he put, he brought her close and he raised her up and showed her all of the tricks of the trade. And that's all she needed because she was already educated. She already had a gift. She just needed to know how to run the system. Then when she saw how to run the system, she decided to step out on her own with some integrity and start her own situation. He hated that. He hated that. That she broke away. Like the, the nerve of you, you got the gall to take the intellectual property I placed in you and go start your own. But she said, yeah, I can still, I'm still going to do what you're doing. And I meant absolutely no disrespect. I just don't like the way you do things. And then in order for her to continue to run her business, she needed some type of funding. She needed big funding. I'm talking about billions from banks. Well, this Russian that came in, some Russian dude, Russian oligarch, came in and he really didn't like the redhead guy because he did him dirty before. He said, you know what? I'm going to fund you. He said, I'm going to fund you. I'm going to give you whatever you need. And this is the part I love. Little skinny girl. I wish I knew her name right now. It escapes me. I'm going to do my Googles and come back to y'all with the name. But she came back and she said, and I'm paraphrasing because she don't talk like this. She said, yes, I need your funding. But what I don't need is for you to be tied to anything I'm doing. I'm going to make you back your money immediately. But don't think you control anything over here. I don't want to be tied and tethered to your way of doing business because you are a Russian gangster. I'm a businesswoman. And from that point, he had to make a decision. Hmm. Can I funnel my billions through her and make some make some real money? Following her rules? Or do I just take my business elsewhere? Well, he needed her. He needed her intellectual property. He needed her genius. He needed her ways of doing things. He needed her resources. So, of course, he gave her the money. And that's how we need to start carrying it. When it comes to our own gifts, our own abilities. Because we got the same gifts. That's why most of us are here with our own podcast. There's no disrespect to other people with their podcasts. We hear their podcasts. We like your podcast, Breakfast Club, Joe Button Podcast, Drink Champs. We like all them podcasts out there. It's, it's a, oh, my gracious, there's so many podcasts out there. Sports shows. We love them. But then we know that we have the gift to do it, too. And we believe we can do it on a greater level. So thank you, Anchor, for allowing us to start. But we look at it and we say, oh, man, we can do that. I can do that. And we put ourselves out there. And we share our stuff that might not get the support that we feel we deserve right now. 
But when opportunity meets preparation, you need to be ready. Be patient. You don't want your opportunity to come before you're prepared. This is us preparing. This is us following the blueprint that was laid by everybody else and we don't even know it. It's a beautiful thing. Just continue to do you, continue to believe in yourself. Continue to have some discipline and some faith in yourself. Put on your Nipsey Hustle cape and fly as as high as you can go. Take your gifts as far as you can take them. And build a legacy for you and your family. You dig? This is my relationship rules. This is my relationship rules. Relationship rules. <laughs> Us fellas love talking about we ain't eating no pussy unless it tastes like water. Unless it smell like water. Unless it tastes like some of that spring water, that deer park, that Jesus water. Turned into some wine. But fellas, really me this. Is your salty nutsack, your salty dickhead, tasting like some water when you put it into her mouth? Come on now, guys. We got to hold ourselves to account just like we hold them accountable. Ladies, I'm not letting you off the hook. That bad boy, that vagina you got, better smell good. It better be Febreze or something before you go rubbing it in somebody's face, into your boyfriend's face, to your husband's face, to your girlfriend or your wife's face. Keep yourselves clean. Fellas, you got to do the same thing when she give you some of that south mouth. That was my relationship rules. That was my relationship rules. Relationship rules. I decided to watch a TV show this weekend. I decided to really, 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 really watch a TV show. I'm talking about from episode one to episode, what was it, a lamb on Netflix? I didn't stop until it was done. I usually don't do that, but I did it this weekend. Why? Because it was beautiful. I had nothing to do. I did some work in the house already, and I wanted to treat myself. I had some good food. I had some of that Maker's Mark 46. I was cooling. Wifey was good, I was good, we was good, the kids was good, the dogs was good. So I got to chill. So I cut on Netflix, I'm looking around, I'm trying to figure out a good show to watch. I don't really like doing the whole trendy shows, I like to find my own. I, I don't want to know what to expect. Like if I read it or if I look at it and the preview comes up and it looks interesting to me, watch it and that's exactly what I did mm-hmm. and I came about this show <laughs> and this bad boy had you know the words across the screen, the screen and everything it was called my husband don't fit my husband don't fit it was based in I think Japan Two little Asian youngins. You know, they was college age. And 
they they met in when when one was a freshman and one was a sophomore and then they started dating right and she moved there in her apartment and he just barged in there first person she knew helped her put together this bookcase they getting to know each other right they start going to the store together start eating together right she loved the fact that he was showing her so much attention really nice guy too little cute little Chinese girl not Chinese Japanese girl nice looking Asian brother and they start liking each other so one night after a year goes by they decide to make some love they laying down on a little mat kissing and hugging and squeezing and talking and all that other stuff and decide to do it to each other missionary style little Asian girl she just laying there with her legs open waiting to have some sex he's thinking that it's her first time because she's so quiet and so innocent and he goes to put it inside of her (laughs) and I don't know what happened but his dick wouldn't go inside of her vagina right so they just lay down and he ain't got no attitude he just lay down and they're cuddling and she's like I'm sorry like you don't have to apologize baby you don't have to apologize it's okay it'll go on one day (laughs) so this dude decides you know what I'm gonna continue to date her we're going to go around family and friends. They they joking like, man, y'all live in the same building. Y'all must be smashing all the time. And they just looking at each other across the table like, I wish we was. But everybody looking at them like, yeah, y'all happy. We know y'all happy. You know how it is with most, most relationships. People on the outside looking in. They be looking at you like, man, I know y'all happy. I know y'all be fucking all the time. I know you can't keep your penis out of that one. Huh? Because if I was a woofer, I, I know I keep my penis in her. So it's starting to weigh on them a little bit that they can't have sex for some reason. They don't know what it is. So the dude goes and he leaves to go um, to, a, to a job interview somewhere. And he goes out of town. And while he's out of town, he's figuring he's going to visit his parents. And she's like, man, I think something's wrong with me, but I don't know what it is. So there's a festival in the area near the college. And she decides to put on the wig and goes to the festival. And she meets somebody. And then her and that somebody she meet, they slide away to somewhere and they decide to have some sex. Cause she like, I wanna know if my vagina work. Cause this is crazy. I know there's a slit down there. I seen the slit, I seen the clit, I seen the opening. I mean, I wash it every day. I know I got a vagina. I'd probably put my fingers inside. It never showed her on the show putting her fingers inside of it. Or cucumber or dildo. None of that. Plantain. None of that. Eggplant. None of that. So, she decides, you know what? We about to get in there. And they got it in. The dude had sex with her. And she's like, woo. Hmm, I guess nothing's wrong with me. So, weeks go by, Bay come back. She's excited. 
They get back with each other. And she looking at him like, I'm about to tear this boy up. Right? So they try again. And he tries to go inside of her. And it don't work. Okay? It don't work again. And she's like, what in the heck is going on? She's befuddled. She's trying to figure out, okay, um, scientifically, this is completely off. His penis is getting erect. The vagina is open, ready for entry. Why isn't it going in? So they decide to go to a hotel. They go to a hotel. They looking at pornos in the hotel. They all got on, they all washed up and got their pretty robes on, ready to get busy. And the lady was giving head to somebody. They showed a little Asian girl giving head to somebody. And she said, I'm going to do that to you. And he was excited. All right, go ahead. Then he said, can I come on your face? And she said, sure. That's when you knew they was Asian because if she was black, oh, he would got cussed out. Cussed out. She ain't have her bonnet on or nothing. You asking a black girl if you can come in her face? And she ain't got her bonnet on? Oh, you be lucky you don't get stabbed, son. You about to lose that penis. Today, it's getting bitten off. Like a Chico stick. So he asked her. And she did it. She gave him some head. Gave him, gave him some head. And uh, she came back up. And they tried to have sex again. This time... He felt like it was going in. He felt like it was going in. They put a little bit of baby oil on it. And then she started bleeding. And he got scared as hell. So they stopped. Years go by. They get married. Still haven't penetrated. Right? So this dude started to visit his parents more and more and more often. So while he's visiting his parents and she's cleaning up the house, she's finding like little, uh, I don't know. He got this card that got checkoffs of all his, all these times he's visiting this brothel. Some big booby girl that he's visiting at a brothel that's near his parents' house. So he's going there and he's getting his rocks off with other people that he's paying for. She sees this, so she joins his website, a support group, so to speak, and she tells them everything that's going on. I've been with my boyfriend for this amount of time. We got married, and we still cannot have sex. It just won't go in. I don't know what's going on. And you know, people on the website are like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, blah, 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 blah. Then they started saying stuff like, I would like to meet you and talk to you about it. So they meet her and they talk to her about it. Apparently meeting and talking to her about it meant I want some pussy and I want to see if I can go inside of you. And if I go inside of you, then you're good. So she started being with it. She was like, okay, cool. One guy after another, after another, after another, after another. Because she enjoyed sex. She just didn't like that she couldn't do it with her husband. 
But then she started hating it. She started hating the fact that these guys can go inside of her, but her husband couldn't. And she never brought it up to her husband that she knew that he was smashing other chicks in the brothel. And it went from one book to another book to another book, all the times that he was visiting this brothel. And just so you're, you know, I'm so we're clear, to fill up a book, you had to smash like 30 different times. So he went there almost 100 times. And she's seeing this. Now, throughout the entire show, they was unable to have sex. Of course, I'm watching it now because I'm tired and like, I need to see them have some sex. But if they have some sex, then they can't call the show. My husband won't fit. The parents, their parents on both sides are trying to figure out, okay, when y'all gonna have kids? And the parents of the son, like, you're gonna give us an heir? Hopefully you give us a son. They started going to clinics trying to figure out what was going on. Trying to have babies the other way. Trying to get him to nut in the cup and none of that worked. And then they just chalked it up to, you know what, we can't have kids. They eventually told the parents what happened out of frustration, but they couldn't have no kids for some reason. And my wife actually watched some of the last shows with me and she was pissed off because one time when they broke it up and he found out that she'd been smashing other people and she told him that she knew about him smashing other people. And the man, of course, as usual, the man couldn't handle it. And he's out there dirty as hell, but he couldn't handle the fact that she was out there doing anything. That's normal um, relationship type of sugar, honey, iced tea. Y'all already know how that go. Because men are just way more sensitive than women. Um, it's that whole ownership thing. Um, they break up. He leaves. They don't get divorced, though. They just separate. And then they meet back up where they first met. And they go through this whole thing. And they get superly, I'm super truthful with each other. And then it goes down. Oh, man. It goes down. I'm thinking he about to smash. Everything's going good. She got on this padded bra, making her titties look bigger. She's looking all adult now, got a different haircut, looking sexy. Because the whole show, she wasn't looking sexy. She was just looking cute. Cute little Asian girl. This time, she was looking sexy with the padded bra and a different haircut. She was looking juicy a little bit. Juicy Asian. Mm. So, they're laying down, and they're doing foreplay, and everything's all hot and steamy. Everything seems so organic, like, okay, this is what they needed. They just needed for it to be organic and hot, and, and it didn't even go down. They end up just hugging. Saying all that to say this. Don't watch that goddamn show, especially if you want to see some, you want to see some love making between people who love each other. If you want to see that, don't watch the show. Now, if you want to see some love making between people who don't love each other and them cheating on each other the entire time for 12 episodes, 11 episodes, 13 episodes, whatever it was, do not watch My Husband Don't Fit. 
Because I'll be good, goddamn. <laughs> that title does match. Because her husband never fit. Not at least not inside of her. This is Van with likes, follows, and retweets. Thank y'all very much for checking out likes, follows, and retweets. Yet again, please make sure to visit my IG page. That's at likes, follows, and retweets. Facebook page, likes, follows, and retweets. YouTube page, likes, follows, and retweets. Also, my other podcast with the married man called Two Married As Men, where we talk about family stuff. That joint is vicious. Check it out. He talk about his wife and kids. I talk about my wife and kids. And we talk about y'all ratchet asses who can't find no wife or husband. But check it out. But thanks again, guys, for tuning in. If you have any comments, feel free to either DM me in, um, on IG or leave me a voice message here. If you got any topics that you want me to discuss or if you just want to cuss me out, do the same. DM me or leave me a voice message here. Until then, I'm out.